Francisco, bro. How are you today, man? What's going on, Josh? How you been, man? I've been good. Um, this is our second time recording. As I announced to everyone last time, we had a little bit of audio issue on my end. It sucks because that first one, we were like monkeys on a typewriter and we had uh, figured out the answers <laughs> to life. But I don't think we can top that. This time we're Probably just going to Probably not, man. We're just going to have to wing it this time, huh? So uh, you want to you wanna tell everyone how we met? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess um, introductions get into that. first. Yeah, yeah, introductions. Be polite. My name's Fausto. I'm Josh's friend, but we didn't, we didn't start off as friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I got uh, a knack with first impressions. My bad. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have a, <laughs> a what's it, a, a, an inviting aura about you. But yeah, we've been we've been friends for roughly eight years or so. Eight years now, yeah. Then the Marine Corps and the MP school. MP and school. The, and how would you describe our first interaction? Or I can't your first, remember our first your interaction. First, your, okay, you want, you want me to recall our first interaction? Yeah, yeah. Give me some, uh, <laughs> some hints here. Uh, it was out in the Motor T parking lot where people got promoted. You remember that parking lot? In the MP school? Yes. Next to the, the oh, Connex okay, boxes. Okay, go on. And it was you, Merrick, and Aguirre, I think. Yeah. And Aguirre. you guys, you guys were basically punking me out. <laughs> I remember I was bullying you and shit. You like? <laughs> no, you guys kept asking me why I was, uh, why I was saying whatever I was saying. So I guess I had instructed everyone to do something or asked everyone, but it was probably not an ask. It was probably hey you go do this and you guys were asking why why yeah that sounds like me my uh my younger uh, my obnoxious self no 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 we i wouldn't i wouldn't call it obnoxious because if i were to describe you now 100 percent, man you are you are one of the most thoughtful people i know and one of your biggest qualities or maybe two biggest qualities that i observe right off the bat is the fact that you don't put too much weight on your first impressions. So regardless of whatever first impression you had of me, I am assuming that in the back of your mind somewhere, you probably thought, hey, this guy isn't a bad guy. And you have an example for that. Oh, yeah. Um, first of all, thanks for the compliment, you know. You gotta take those where you can get them. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I, that's the example you're talking about, is it? The music thing? Yeah, 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 the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, that's true. Like, I, I guess, you know, personally, I've, I've always known that first impressions are not the end-all be-all. Just from a lot of my relationships in the past, I know sometimes you just don't start off right. But the, the whole thing you're talking about was, even though I didn't like you, <laughs> I still, or we didn't like each other, I still felt like, there was a lot we could learn from each other. And I, and I got that from, um, you lived across the, the hallway from me and you were listening to some Lil Wayne or something. I forgot exactly. I think it was Kendrick Lamar, but maybe it was Lil Wayne. It could have been Kendrick, yeah. I was walking by, I was like, God damn, what song is that? And I, like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, Josh. I was like, damn, bro. You know, I think I even asked you, like, yo, what song is that? Even though I, we didn't have a, a cool status or whatever. Yeah, we didn't we didn't really establish much of a connection. And also, if you remember, I I had been previously dropped from a different class. So, oh, that's true too. I so I, that. 
without even realizing it, man, um, I believe that I gave off this sort of impression that I knew everything when in, re in my head or from my perspective, I was trying to help out as many people as I could, but also trying to appear as if I knew a lot already. You get what yeah, I'm but it's also this like super senior kind of feeling where you're like, you know, you guys are, you guys don't know. I know you guys don't know you know it's like it, that's how it really came off yeah, it was it more like, a, like i've been here around the block you know yeah. i got my seniority i got my stripes <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like, that was that was i know that was off-putting for a lot of people who um who either had the alpha male mentality or just people like you who um were just off-put or felt that that was unwelcoming yeah but i, I guess I, I mean it's just normal it's a natural reaction i think when you have, um, you know, human beings, you know, you have us in a group and the person who's been there longer probably feels like they're entitled to, to have more of a say or, and I think that's just a normal thing. I think that's a normal reaction. Yeah, definitely. So it's not like, it's not like, you know, we were, um, it's not like you were uh, in any way an asshole just because of that. I think that most people would, would feel that way. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good point to make. Um, it's group dynamics, man. They get really complicated and weird. Yeah, so absolutely. So there's I, also a lot to learn. Yeah. So we we actually became pretty close uh, after arriving to Okinawa and and being in the same shoot, if you know what I mean. We were we were grinding out, <laughs> doing all the work, field work in Okinawa, and that's when we got pretty close. That's when people get close. That's when bonds are created. When you're struggling together. Yeah. When you're uh, in the shit, in the muck, in the mire. <laughs> and that's when people are like, damn, you know what? You're not that bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, shit. So, yeah, in, in Okinawa, in the barracks, 2725, Ninana Nigo. Yes. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Uh-oh, we're getting on the typewriter, bro. Here it goes. Typewriter, um, here we go. The Japanese me, translation coming soon. <laughs> for me, the experience that I had in Okinawa and Okinawa really, um, it really broadened my worldview. And for the first six months, I was kind of unaccepting of the fact that I had received orders from Okinawa, especially after I dropped from that class and all my friends in the prior class received orders to California or... Yeah a portion of them to Iwakuni. So yeah. for six months, roughly, I was very unaccepting of Okinawa. What did you experience in Okinawa? And were there any things or a thing in particular that kind of changed your perspective of the world or perhaps widened your worldview? Um, for me, I always wanted to go to Japan anyway, you know, ever since I was in high school, I wanted to visit Japan just because I was kind of like into anime and that yeah, Japanese you watched culture. Anime, did, yeah, you yeah. Watched anime, that's why. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I always wanted to go to Tokyo, especially. And when I was um, when I knew that there was a station out in in Okinawa, Marine uh -huh. Marine Corps base, I was like, oh, that's where I want to go. And if you remember, I even like was asking, like I was the only one probably happy that was going to to Japan in the schoolhouse. So I. I was already looking forward to it. And then when I got there, we actually stayed um, in Tokyo one night right before we even got to Okinawa. And I, I was remember like, you guys' stories, it. very interesting. Yeah, I was like, damn, this is it. Like, I always wanted to come here and I, and I got here 
and in some weird way i feel like i kind of like manifested it like i don't know it's it's, it's it's like i always wanted to come here and somehow i'm here at like 21 22 years old just by chance or happenstance or whatever you know because i could have been we could have been stationed anywhere so I was already kind of looking for that, like like trying to um, learn about the culture, learn about the language, and travel around a little bit. And I feel like you ended up doing it more than anybody like, at the end of the day. Like I was the one that went in with that mindset. And then I, I left like satisfied. You know, I was like, all right, that's cool. I'll do the next thing. And you, um, who was a little bit reluctant at first, turned around and like, wanted to do more so much more that you ended up staying there even after your you know after the marine corps right and that's that's in part due to the variety of friends and the closest of people i encountered like you for example or um, some of our other close friends in our group i just from my personality i feel like i can make friends easily you know i'm approachable um, fun to be around but at the same time, my first impression or my first encounter with people, it doesn't always go the way I want it just because of my immature or ego self in the past. I feel like you know, you know what's I've crazy? matured, man. I've matured and grown in that aspect. You know, the crazy part is I, I, I personally think that, you know, not to get all fucking like, they're therapeutic on this, on this session here. <laughs> but I personally different. think that a lot of those things, like a lot of your standoffishness is a, is a defense mechanism, you know? Okay. Like, so when you first meet someone, maybe if you don't, I don't know, maybe you don't feel like it's going the, the way that you want it to or, or, or whatever the case may be, I feel like it's a defense mechanism that you're putting to, to guard yourself. So like, you know, people always say, oh, Josh is an asshole, but like in a playful way, right? Like, Josh right. is an asshole. But then eventually, like, no, Josh is really an asshole. <laughs> <And> it's like, <laughs> it's like you, you know, I know you're a good guy. So I'm like, nah, man, I know that it's like, it's the, you're trying to, you're trying to, uh, what is it? Like guard your feelings, guard your emotions or guard your, your vulnerabilities. So people can't get to you, you know? So right. No, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a great observation, man. And it's something that only people close to me would really know and understand because I think naturally for a lot of us, if we have a past where we're still processing our emotions, our feelings, our thoughts, whatever trauma we've experienced, we're going to guard the things in our heart and not allow so many people to become really close to us. Even though we, we come off as we appear to become close, right? I can share a bunch of information with someone, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm connected to them in a special way or I have some sort of closeness to them or I've allowed my vulnerabilities to show. And that's the thing, too, is that, um, you know, we all do have to deal with these traumas. Like, we all grew up in a certain way and nobody's perfect, you know, and not all of us were raised in perfect environments. And in fact, most of us were not raised in perfect environments. In right. fact, I don't think anyone is raised in a perfect environment, now that I'm Absolutely, thinking about it. Absolutely, yeah. You know? So we all have our own little you know, realities to, to face and our own traumas that, we, that we're trying to, I guess, deal with. Um, but I think that it's easier to do that when you're just more open with people around you. And when, 
when you and I went on a trip to the Philippines, I feel like we're not, you know, we became even closer as friends. Like we felt like, I mean, I felt like I, I got to see like the real Josh, you know, and just in a vulnerable sense. And when, when it comes to like us growing up with an idea of what masculinity means, uh -huh. all these things are kind of embedded in you. Like, you know, you must, you know, you don't really, talk about your feelings with your friends or this is the way that that, that men bond or this is the way that, that we're supposed to and it's like none of that shit is true like what <laughs> the more in tune you are with with connecting with your with your friends emotionally the better the more you will grow as a person and that's literally just how it is if you if, if you're always guarded and defend and defending you know uh, people from getting inside then you probably, you know, you, 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 it's hard for you to get to, to understand who you really are. And that's something that, that we're always doing. It's not like, oh yeah, I, I did it already. So, you know, I, I, I let my <laughs> friends in, so now I know who I am. No, I feel like this is something that we're constantly doing, doing, learning more about ourselves and each other and helping each other grow. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a lifelong process of defining and refining who you are. And it's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing when you meet people that come from all over and that help us grow for the better rather than in, in the wrong or uh, a backwards direction. And um, also, my time in Okinawa really allowed me to unfold all those or dig through, sift through the preconceived notions that I had of a different world, right? Of a place that was a different culture, of a different language. And Do you feel like it was people, um, what about like like friends that you met in Okinawa? Do you feel like because you met them and they're so different, is that why they helped you? Like yeah, I, it, was a, it was the combination of making local friends and friends in the Marine Corps from different places. It was just yeah. all, at, it, you know, it's all at once, all at once yeah. kind of thing. Because me and you are in the same, or, or we're, the, we're the same type of people in the sense that we love to introduce good friends to other good friends. So naturally, if I had some friends that were, pers or, were Japanese, I would be like, hey, this is my friend, Fausto. You know, we've been friends for like two or three years and blah, 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 X, Y, Z. And on the opposite end of that, I would introduce my Japanese friends to American friends. Uh, like, for example, when I was out in Tokyo going to Temple, that, that would happen a lot. Just a mixed match of friends meeting each other. Yeah, and then it's, it's a lot of those people you met are also, you know, people like us or, you know, just young people that were just trying to travel and learn more about different cultures and things. Like, it, a lot of those people were from, were they, they were American from Temple? Temple, I would say 30 to 40% were American, 30 to 40% yeah. Japanese, and then the rest of different nationalities. Just all over. Yeah. Yes. So it was a good diverse group, is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Very yes. diverse. Um, interesting times, <laughs> especially especially places like uh, um, Marikin, the Nomi Hodai places. Do you remember Nomi Hodai? Not exactly. Uh, all what you was can drink that? places. All you can drink. Yeah, that's what I call them. <laughs> drink for ten dollars. Exactly. Yes. Drink Maribu. Oh, 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 good man. Osaka times right there, man. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, the landscape of which I viewed reality really transformed after my experience in Okinawa, and then coming back to the U.S. 
to the point where I wanted to return and experience more things. And that's what you mentioned earlier. Do you think that, that, or do you have friends or do you know people that have experienced something like that and always wanted to do it again, but then they stopped themselves from doing it because of some roadblock or obstacle in their way, but really it's a self-inflicted roadblock? Usually the people that, that I like meet that are or that, that do want to like go out and venture and and you know get a taste of the, of the world I guess I don't know what that even means but like you know just try to <laughs> learn more about different cultures I right. feel like those people once they do it they, they don't stop you know like my good friends like I can think of a couple that that once they started traveling they just didn't want to stop right then they just want to learn more and more and then you know traveling is different when you're actually like embedding yourself with the culture rather than just like traveling to somewhere where it's like super touristy and you're just you're just there getting like the the commercial version of it the instagram shots right right and and and, not even because i I guess you, you could actually like instagram is just a tool you know yeah it has its own culture but i feel like you could actually like um expose some real raw shit on instagram if you if you really want right. to you know so you're talking about I, people I that just maybe go to a resort and they seclude themselves from locals right like the commercial version of something right? okay. or actually not and that's something that i personally haven't even explored too much of um like a real um integration of of, of culture it's something that i haven't yet i guess look at that i guess if you asked me do you feel like you know someone yeah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a quick trick question, I swear. It was. Yeah, I know, but you, I came to the realization that I'm the one that's like that, you know? I'm the one that, that you know, I want to do all these things and I have all these, like, reasons why I don't, you know? So right. I guess... But I'm, you also have some big responsibilities, so I'm not going to fault you. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that's, again, that's a good thing. It's like, boom, it's a self-imposed um, block self-imposed block it's like i could figure it out you know mm-hmm. if i really wanted to i could figure out a way to do all these things if, if that was really my goal mm-hmm. then i would i would sit and write a list of ways that i can do it you know and, and really start going after but maybe i'm i just want that but not as much as i want something else you know or maybe because right now because i keep thinking about this with stephanie with my wife stephanie uh van life that's something that i really want to do or Aww. you know do That's I know? Awesome. Because <laughs> I'm over here trying to buy a house in Pennsylvania. But right. Well, I mean, which is to a to a degree. Actually, not even to a degree. It's a fair point in the sense that you're making a future investment and in something that's going to give you return in the long run. Yeah, so. but then like, but what's what's the priorities? You know, like, um, do I want that and and be anchored into like a certain geographical location or do I want what I claim that I want, which is like that freedom to roam around and actually, you know, try to live uh, like a a life of a digital nomad or whatever. Right. I mean, that's one, I don't know. I I don't know if it, I I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure I would consider it negative, but it's one byproduct of the society that we've created today. So we've created a society or we've created a society where it's natural for people to work nine to five, worry about retirement, 
and then not even live a happy life afterwards because they're aging and have all these health concerns. But, right, and this, but how I mean, is that possible when we have all, all these conveniences right in front of us? <laughs> and the, what conveniences are those? The convenience of good health care, good education, uh, technology, advancement, but you have to have access to those things. I think it's a facade, though, you know, to say like, because it's like, yeah, you're right. It's not If it's not accessible to everyone, then it's a facade. It's something that it's just, you know, it's gilded. It's like, oh, it looks pretty on the outside. But when you look into the deeper, the the numbers and everything, you, you're seeing that most people don't have access to affordable health care and things like that. You know, people have to pay an arm and leg. I mean, even just in New York, I mean, if I tried to just go to the marketplace, the insurance marketplace, and try to, you know, purchase uh, health insurance. It's going to uh-huh. cost me. It's just without any, like, assistance or anything, like, uh, from the from the state, it'll cost me, like, $500 a month. Wow. That's insane, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, uh, $500 that's a, pre- that's a, a pretty month. penny. Yeah, that's nuts, bro. Like, it, it's just, it's kind of unbelievable. Like, if I, if I, I could... Google it right now on New York, um, the New York marketplace for health insurance, and you'll see how much, and it'll tell you like by income and everything. It's that's, just, it's just, that's just, yeah, right? that's, that's, that's absurd, but yeah. it's also an, another reality that all of us face, and it's unfortunate. Um, what I wanted to say was, <laughs> we live in a world full of conveniences, yet yeah. we have a million plus one things to worry about. So yeah, we may have access to, let's say we have access to healthcare, Well, then you got to be able to trust your doctor that he's not going to prescribe you something or recommend a surgery that you don't even need for the sake of filling his pockets full of cash. Right. And I don't know how, how deep that gets, but we know that the pharmaceutical industry itself is fucked up, right? I mean, Absolutely. They're, they're, they're just prescribing shit, you know, to make money, right? And then... Well, I won't get into politics, but, <laughs> but you know, it's just the same. Absolutely. Just all circles back to the failure of our leadership and people that want to get rich. I think it's a combination I, of that. I, I mean, but then that's the thing, though, is that that's what we're, we're told that we should be doing, right? We should be trying to get rich. That's what, that's what the implication is. That's the American dream. Right. That's the, the implication, right? The American dream, the, the capitalist, you know, society that we live in like we're, we're trying to say the neoliberalism logic is is you know put yourself up by your bootstraps you, you got it's just you you're on your own you go out there and and if you're good enough you'll make money and you'll figure it all out but it's like well how many people are not going to be able to do that in that system like if you have a system where uh it's dog eat dog like you know instead of dog, eat dog. Say, <laughs> instead of dog, eat dog. good book <laughs> That is a good book. Shout outs to, uh, to Christopher to Ryan. To death. Um, if you have a system that's built upon people, most people just being laborers, you know, like most people selling their labor on the market to to provide other people with services and material goods that they don't really need. I mean, eventually that seems like it's going to implode, you know, like. Right. So it's a system that's just continually exploiting a specific class of people. Yeah. People that have no other choice, you know, like people become, you know, automatons 
people become automatons when they're they're forced to conduct labor so that they can so they can make enough money to live a life they don't necessarily want to live <laughs> like right you know, they're, like, they're just getting by or, or or maybe not even necessarily want to live but you have to really put that in somebody's head that this is the way that we should look this is the way that we've always lived and this is the way that we have to live and it's just the best thing for society you know you wow. you are subscribing to that ideology it's right? selling it's selling an idea that's not of our own and then it makes it worse when you have you know this is a democracy that we live in right yeah oh, voter turnout is you know it's half 50 percent or whatever it is the entire country the why are, why are people not voting why is half of the half of the country not voting because yeah. it appears that our problems or our involvement in laboring right so either it appears that we the issues that are in front of us are too big for us to even participate in or number two we are so consumed by work and just getting by that we don't have time to participate. Yeah, and I think it's that. I think there's people that are living in a reality where they're not, that they don't even see how, it's so disconnected. Yes, from, yes, yeah, like disconnected. The, the, That's the, good word. Their voting power is probably so disconnected. And these are just, obviously, we're just talking shit, but, but I think- No, 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 there's factual, some, there's some factual information behind the disconnect and voter power. Ordinary citizen, I just watched a video on this, it's very ironic. Um, the documentary, uh, what is it called? Saving Capitalism, I posted it in our chat. Oh, I got There's you, also man. a book on it, but it's roughly about an hour and a half, I think, or an hour, 15 minutes. And yeah. there were some stats pulled a few years back, maybe 2017, 2016, where lobbying, corporations and organization organizations groups had more voter power than the ordinary everyday citizen yeah 90% 90% of bills get passed if the lobbying group wants it to get passed versus 30% of ordinary citizens 30% or less <laughs> man that is insane when you have basically corporations writing laws you have all that money it's just it, you're bound up to get caught up in that greed you know right. you know everybody wants to say to do the right thing but then when they're facing a situation where it doesn't feel like there's going to be any consequences and everyone else is doing it you know you got that peer pressure everyone else is doing it this is just the way the system works and it's just because it hasn't been checked in so long that yeah there's lobbyists go in there they put the money up and they get the law passed and now that law is going to help us become richer and then the divide and in income equality is going to get wider or the wealth gap which is not really income equality is more about assets but right it because of all of that not getting checked not getting checked every time it just becomes like the normal right so people start kind of just like you know when we talked about group dynamics about earlier when we were uh -huh. talking about <laughs> this is how it comes to play i think that it's hard for someone new to come in and just be like oh wait this isn't right you know it's just one person you're going into a group an organization uh, this isn't right you know you know that something's not right but because of the culture in, in within the organization so the organizational culture if you will uh-huh because it's been so set that this is how things are it's going to be so hard for one that's the, person yeah that's the mentality behind well this is the way it's always been so yeah, how can one person just go in and disrupt that? It's going to take a lot of social courage for someone to go in. Right, there. it's going to take a lot like, of new politicians 
if they were politicians but also we don't even in in today's society i don't even think that we it's not only a money issue there's there's also a a rise in a some sort of social change that you have people that are going to be opposed to change right because they like the way that they're that that they're they're comfortable they're comfortable right so they're going to be opposed to change they're going to see anybody that wants to change things as as um, being radicals or being extremes extremists and it's like a threat to my comfort and it, it hurts even more when you have people that are actually using media to to kind of pump up this this image that th- this is going to be threatening your livelihood this this change is going to be threatening mm, yeah that's you, something that you know, we saw your comforts yeah that's something that we saw exploited in the cambridge uh, analytica yeah yeah exactly yeah, people especially in swing states they were exploited in the sense that data was collected to get them to lean yeah and those are people right. that that these that these algorithms determined were persuadable wow i mean that's brainwash do, do the algorithms, algorithms run our mind do algorithms control our thoughts they expose i think they start they certainly expose <laughs> bias i mean it's brainwash though at the end of the day if you say you you as a as an organization are saying these americans right here we're going to highlight them in orange because they are persuadable now all we got to do is get these persuadable people to, to vote on our team and uh you know then we're good we're going to win this election it's like hold up so <laughs> you're basically saying you know you, it's brainwash what else is that is it just like oh no we're just persuading them. it's like it's a euphemism for brainwash exactly again um algorithms were by and part created by humans and humans naturally have biases yeah we naturally have them and especially when somebody's putting up you know a hundred messages of of you know this person is terrible this person (laughs) is gonna you know (laughs) if you if you let this person win your livelihood will be destroyed your comforts will be gone your mother that's insane that we allow things like that to occur in yeah, it's such a great country. I love, I love this country, to be honest. I, I mean, I love the world, you know. I love, I love, I love that we get to exist here at this time, you know. You have to, you kind of have to romanticize a little bit in order to kind of, so, you know, I think romanticizing the world makes life a little bit more, a little bit more fruitful. Fruitful, especially, maybe yeah, manageable in someone's case that isn't living a great life right now. I guess, Great, yeah, I guess. as in they're not doing what they want to do right now. They're having to be the laborer, who's having to be laborer. I mean, even then, you know, even though we have to do this, you know, we, we or at least for now, right? Do we this have is to? The, this is the way. But like, let's say, let's say that this is the way that you la- you have to live because of circumstances, right? Uh huh. I mean, it's not like you can't enjoy it. You know, you could go to work and still not be a dick. Just you know, you don't have to be <laughs> upset. Like, damn, I don't want to be here at work. You know what? While you're here, the mindset I think to have is to enjoy it, right? Make friends. That's that's where the real like fulfillment comes. Is from connection with other people, expressing yourself in any way, whether it be through an art form or just verbally. Mm. Uh, it's always. I feel like that's where the real fulfillment, the intrinsic value of life, comes in. And I'm talking not only as a 30 year old who hasn't even 
you know, gone through half his life yet, hopefully. And, wow, well, you already sound like a, a philosopher, in my opinion, man. Real, <laughs> no, real, real deep cuts right there. I'm just saying the things that have brought me value, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I think that, you know, will bring most people value. But, but again, you know, this is something that I also feel like, like I hate when I start talking, I feel, like, I feel like I'm talking down to, to anyone, but none of us have our shit together, you know? So it's like, but in the meantime, whatever we can do to kind of help each other get our shit together, you know, together, then I think that we should do that. You know? Right. Yeah. Less judge, more kindness. So less judgment, more kindness. Which is funny, man. Like a couple Marines getting on here talking about being <laughs> kind to each other. You know, it's 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 kind of ironic, but there's a there's a lot to that, you know. Absolutely, like, I agree. Especially uh, like in the military. Do you think that you could ever imagine yourself in a time as a philosopher, maybe with Plato or Socrates or Seneca? Bro, I always what, think about like you, imagine you could you, go back in time and talk to these people. First of all, these like in those times think about how much they had to remember like they weren't just writing stuff <laughs> they weren't getting on google looking up numbers on fucking polls and shit they were they just knew all these things like they, they just had to remember entire poems by heart just to recite them you're in a world where you have to worry about less things like you don't have all these conveniences do you think that it's a world that you have to worry or you're less anxious or you're you're not so tied up in so many things you mean are you asking me if if i think that living in an ancient civilization would have been less stressful yes no (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure they had to battle their own you know battles okay let's go back so so if not if not ancient civilization let's go back to hunter gatherers (laughs) <laughs> and you were were born and you survived the the rough three to five years of your early life <laughs> you know after honestly after after you know i haven't even finished it yet but after reading through a lot of uh civilized to death and i this is a very long-winded like idea to be You're honest but to try to, to try to shorten it up it's basically that lifestyle of hunter-gatherer just seems it seems more like fulfilling than a life of, uh, like of, of doing this, of the capitalist, like, oh, I want to own my property. I want to, I want to live in it, stay put. And it just seems so anchoring, like to, to stay, that you want to claim a certain land and just stay there forever. And this is mine. It's just right. know, possessive and egotistical. Whereas the whole hunter-gatherer thing was about an egalitarian, egalitarian uh, society that, comes together and builds it seems like they focus more on the us as a people right like as a, as a tribe mm-hmm. a tribe focused like more community. on community yeah you're yeah. right that's, what, that's the word communal aspect where this is like about me and mine and yeah, what individual. i can have and what i can build and the ego is there it just seems off-putting honestly it seems like you want to tap into the the worst things about ego and uh-huh. you know where the best things are like competitiveness and wanting to you know and wanting to, to to improve yourself the worst things are possessiveness and wanting to to uh, dominate over people the more you have the more the more rewards you receive 
the more you have the more rewarding yeah it's like it just seems it's like if you dominate then you're going to be rewarded more that's something that I... Juno Diaz said that uh if we reward those who can devour the most you can devour the most market because you're the number one musician reward them you have sold the most tickets you devoured the most space the most screens reward them Damn, you about the Dominican writer out here for the Dominican guests, man. Like that's cool. Well, no, you gave him. A sh- you gave him the shout out last Where? week. Oh before. yeah, did I? So you know, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I, I did incorporated quote. it into our conversation, wow. bro. Man, look at you, bro. Doing that. <laughs> hey, man. What, 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 what was that from a book? That quote? Uh, it's from his interview. Oh, interview. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I read. I read Juno Diaz when I was younger, and he's you know he inspired me a lot because you know. That, his story is inspiring so i i totally agree that it would it, it inspired me just from his conversation some yeah. of his uh, background we focus our i guess american culture focuses on like extreme ex, extrinsic value so much when i feel like the intrinsic value things are way more satisfying at the end of the day like like uh, we focus on material goods and material wealth when familiar wealth is so much i feel like it's so much more valuable yeah it's more fulfilling it makes it's just an it it seems more natural than unnatural like i feel like the the society that we've created today in reference to consumerism and capitalism it's much more rigid and feels abrasive unnatural when it comes to the satisfying our desires our passions what we truly want to do inside or it's not a society that can foster that for everyone. So everyone doesn't benefit from a capitalist consumerism society. And I always think about it like that. Like like in my mind, when I think, when you say the word capitalism, it's like this this light bulb goes off no matter what, or or this image, this depiction of what exactly what you're talking about, where a lot of people, or not a lot of people, a little bit of people are at the top just really like, um, sucking the back. life out of people. <laughs> yeah, sucking. <laughs> Extracting all of the <laughs> life. They're getting all the pleasures of life. And meanwhile, like right underneath you have the middle class. They're like putting the 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 the, the pickaxe to the coal mine and shit. And they're just <laughs> oh. <laughs> they got, got everybody just working. And they're they're happy enough, you know. They they, they got enough where they're if right. they, they fuck she up, they end up down here. You need yeah. this also down here. This lower class where it's the slums and people. Were, if if you didn't have that, then these people, you know, yeah, people just surviving work. for life down there. Oh my god! And then they they they're getting that promise that one day these people become these people. Again, reinforcing just, the American dream that you will one day if you work hard enough. But this is just you know an ideology, like or this right, is just yeah. ideologically speaking. Like we're, we're just we're, we're at only it we're only we're only making abroad. some observations, right? But. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, what is the answer? Like, we have to work, right? Or do we? <laughs> we now, have to work. Yes. We have that's to. Why, that's why watching that that doc of uh, saving capitalism, that's why it was so. That's oh, why I found saving, I like the title. Yeah, I found value capitalism. in it because truly, if you had a bunch of good people running the system with good values, this could be a benefiting, a more benefiting system. Yeah, yeah. I, that's that's. I guess that at the end of the day, it's just just be a good person. Just 
do the right thing. Like wow. if we, you if we all did. Last one, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm picking it back. Like, is that, that that is like at the end of the day, one of the most important things you have. If you have the decision to help people or to hurt them, I mean, it, it, I think it's very simple. You even if even if you know, a lot of the times it's well, I'm gonna get a lot of of, of benefit from from kind of hurting these people, even no matter how you rationalize it, like, oh, it, it was going to happen anyway or whatever. Helping somebody or helping other people is just so much more fulfilling. Wow. You know what, man? I'm going to end on that because that was, that was powerful. <laughs> Again, Fausto, bro, thank you for your time, man. I really appreciate it. And hopefully yeah, this audio recording is excellent. <laughs> Yeah, I hope so, because uh, I'm not doing this a third time. No, I would do it a third time for you, man. <laughs> uh, man. That was cool, man. I'm sure that we probably, you know, went over a lot of the same kind of topics, but I guess that's the whole idea. But thanks for doing this with me, man, because it, it helps me to uh, get my creative juices flowing, too. <laughs>